0: The election is coming up, and Dems' messaging is rather odd. Elon Musk starts tearing apart Twitter, and NPR releases an audio I think will have the opposite uh, effect than was intended. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. You may might realize that it wasn't on on Thursday, yesterday. Uh, just wasn't that much news out. I'm glad I waited. Uh, Because there are some things happening in the world. The first thing that came out was the jobs report for last month. Um, Not a terrible jobs report. It it was 263,000. 266,000, excuse me. I think the uh, mark was 263,000, which is what was expected. That's the good news. The bad news, the unemployment rate went up. See, here's the thing. You have to realize that you can't just look at raw numbers. That's what Joe Biden wants to look at. Okay, he wants to look at raw numbers. We created 263,000 jobs. Well, yeah, but the labor market shrank. Unemployment went up. And apparently, well, I'm going to have to really read the, the, this jobs report. But the fact is, unemployment's going up. Right now, the tech sector is getting hit. Uh, it's getting hit especially hard right now. Amazon, uh, Amazon, uh, Google, which is uh, um, Alphabet, uh, Meta, Twitter. Twitter laid off half their force today. So that's going to be some really interesting stuff. So this is the problem: the the economy. Even if if two hundred sixty six thousand jobs were added, it's stagnating already because it went from three point I think 3.4% to down to three, up to 3.7% for unemployment. So yeah, we gained, if you think about it, we gained 266,000 jobs, but we lost like 268,000. So things are getting a little shaky right now. We'll have to see in the coming months what's going to happen. If we have a very weak December, like for example, this month and next month, uh, companies should be hiring for Christmas it's going to be interesting to see what our holiday vacation or whatever you want to call it. I call it Christmas. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next month. Because by then we should actually have a lot of a lot of hiring. Last year we did not have a lot of hiring on Christmas. And so we were already seeing a stagnant economy last year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year. All right. So... Uh, Democrats are are in full panic mode. They're probably going to get absolutely blown out in the elections. I mean, even people like I won't say it, but even people like Ben Shapiro, who's usually pretty conservative when it comes to making grand statements, saying says this is looking like a tsunami. Bill Maher is saying this is going to be a red tsunami. Uh, Bill Maher, who's a, p- kind of a leftist, He's he's actually a liberal. And he thinks there's going to be a tsunami. Well, a Democrats' messaging, um, the media is doing their best to try and convince Americans to vote Democrat. Uh, the big problem is that their best typically isn't very good, and I, they go through several different areas to to go after Republicans or try and get Republicans or not Republicans, but. Uh, people to change their mind and vote, mostly independents, white women, things like that, to get them to vote, to get them out there. And yeah, well, let's listen to a couple. This was all yesterday, by the way, yesterday and today. So here's Sonny Hostin on The View. Now, mind you, Sonny Hostin has the IQ of a turnip, so you can't expect much from her. But man, she said something really stupid. Let's listen. (laughs) I read a, a poll
1: just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid.
0: Yeah, that's going to convince women, white women, to vote Democratic. Why do left? Why do leftists always do this? It, it makes no sense to me. What they don't defend their policies. They don't come up with ideas or new ideas. Well, I, they do come up with new ideas and. They do talk about their policies, but their policies and their ideas all suck, and they don't fix anything. And then they they make things out. Then they start yelling at people when they say, "Listen, we need to, we need a new leadership change because you guys are not doing well." Here's a here's a quote historian end quote Michael Beschloss, supposed to be a presidential historian, but the only thing I see he's got a degree in in political in um uh. uh politics or something uh he's on msnbc saying that democracy is going to end and our kids are all going to get arrested and die yeah not kidding listen to this bozo
1: never before since jamestown and plymouth rock has america been in such danger Mm. joe biden is saying the same thing tonight and a historian 50 years from now If historians are allowed to write in this country and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which which I'm not certain of. But if that is true, a historian will say, what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system and it could be a week away.
0: What an absolute clown. Is he kidding me? okay, Congress could go to uh, the Republicans. Republicans could run the Senate and can run the House. But I seem to remember that Joe Biden is president. So Joe Biden's not going to get any of his stuff passed. And the Republicans probably not going to get any of their stuff passed. That's called democracy. It happens. You know, when the I can't wait to hear 2024. They're going to be really panicking in 2024 if it ends up as bad. But here's the thing. Um, Yeah, uh, Republicans are going to arrest and kill your kids. This is coming from a guy who's probably pro-abortion, was probably happy about keeping kids out of school for two years, is probably for cutting off body parts and giving kids hormones because of this trans thing. This is a guy who who's pushing indoctrination through critical race theory and radical gender theory. Hell, Biden abandoned millions of children in Afghanistan when he cleared out 10 year old girls over there are now being married to old men. So I really don't want to hear about what this guy thinks about what's going to happen to our kids and tyranny and all this stuff. It makes no sense. All this means is Joe Biden's not going to be able to do everything he wants to do. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's not the end of democracy. But uh, House Majority Whip uh, Representative James Clyburn, who is the one who actually pushed Biden over the line to become president, he he had it. He was had it worse. He said, "Oh, things going to be worse than that." Listen to this bozo. This is what happens in a country that follows what happened in Germany uh, in the early 30s. And I I said this in 2018, it caught a lot of hell from a lot of people for having said it but it was true then and it's true now. This country is on track to repeat what happened in Germany when it was the greatest democracy going, elected a chancellor who then co-opted the media that this past president uh, calling the press the enemy of the people—that is a bunch of crap, and we know it. And that's what's going on in this country. This is the definition of hyperbole—just ex- immense exaggeration. Well, the reason he got crap about saying that in 2018 is because it wasn't true. Germany wasn't a very strong, wasn't a very strong democracy. It was run by basically a king. And he also has to remember Germany, when Hitler took over, was economically a mess because of the war, World War I. So what he's saying is just not true. I don't forget, Hitler was in prison. Okay, Hitler basically took over. But fear, that's all they have. It sounds like this is going to be a big, huge win for Republicans because they can't do anything but throw fear out. And guess what? They do this in every election. Everyone's just so tired of hearing it, and they just don't believe it anymore. And a lot of people, all they see is, you know, what they're afraid of. Well, you know, in the, the mid-northeast, uh, yeah, electric uh, gas or electricity and gas are going up sixty percent. You know what? That's what they're afraid of. That they're going to be in sub-zero wet temperatures, and they're not going to be able to afford to feed their homes. They're worried about $5, $4, $5 gas, $6, in the case of California, gas throughout the country. That's what they're worried about. They're worried about food shortages. They're worried about high costs of food. That's what they're worried about. That's what they fear. They don't fear that this country is going to become Germany. Oh, my God. But leave it to Joey Reed to say... The dumbest thing out there. Well, I got to be careful with that because what Sunny Hostin said was pretty stupid. But here she is. It it was, (laughs) this is just, this is just, I can't believe she even said that.
1: The people I ever hear hear, use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists. Right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the common common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use, do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it, including on TV, including in newspapers. They've been taught this word, and they, they sort of wrap this word around
0: whatever it is that they really want to vote, or the, the, you know, the reasons they really want to vote. You know why a lot of people don't talk a lot about inflation? It's because we didn't really, haven't had, really had inflation that was so bad. Since 76 through 80, about 82 is when inflation, when Reagan killed inflation. And I'll let you in on another secret. I knew what inflation was in 77, 78, because I lived at that time. I was young. I was only 10 years old. But I knew of inflation because I kept hearing my dad and mom bitch about it because it couldn't afford anything. We've got the same inflation now that they, we had back then. We knew what inflation was, just didn't have to deal with it. So let's go over this thing. So, in in a, basically, what she's saying is we're dumb. All right, the economy's not that bad. She's dumb. Republicans are uh, we're dumb. Republicans are making this up. So here's the here's what we got from their messaging: um, We should vote Democratic because the economy is actually not in the bad of shape. That the bad economy is because Republicans are saying it's bad. That white women, uh, suburban women, who are going to go and, and vote. Um, who are going to vote Republican are cockroaches. Uh, we will become Nazi Germany, and our kids will all die. That's what I'm hearing. This is the messaging that the Democrats are using. And of course, uh, I, I've skipped the 900 different uh, uh, different uh, sound clips out there that say that we're going to lose democracy, lose democracy. You know what you never hear from Democrats? We never hear this. We heard inflation. We did hear about inflation, but she didn't say anything about it. She just said we shouldn't worry about it. That it's part of our imaginations. It's it's something that's being whispered in our ear, and suddenly we believe it's. I mean, not, not that that uh, steak or not steak. Excuse me, hamburger is six ninety nine a pound when it used to be $1.99 a pound. But that but but that it's just not non-existent. Or that we're paying six dollars and ten cents for gas. When it used to be $2.70 for gas. That's all our imagination. It's because we're being whispered. Okay. That's awesome. Well guess what. People aren't buying this crap. But the other thing is they're not talking about also, they're not talking about the gas prices. They're not talking about inflation. They're not talking about a crime. They're not talking about the border. They're not talking about the drug crisis. They're not talking about the fentanyl crisis. They're not talking about the homeless problem, the mental health problem, the suicide problem, the education problem. They're not talking about the foreign policy problems that we have around the world right now. They're not talking about any of these things. You can go on station all the time. It's going to be January sixth, and we're going to lose democracy. That's what they say. I don't know how you lose democracy when you're actually voting. I guess we're going to lose democracy because the president, because the president is not going to, president's party is not going to be in power in Congress, even though the president's still in power. That's how you lose democracy, I guess. They're so tiring. Anyway, so Twitter has decided it's time to drop the hammer, and the hammer they have dropped, uh, they have uh, today. They have laid off 3,700 employees out of the 7,500 that are employed. I thought he was going to can more. Um, he sent an email last night, and this was pretty cold. Uh, in an effort to place Twitter on a healthy path we will go through the difficult process of reducing our global workforce on Friday. We recognize that this will impact a, number, impact a number of individuals who have made valuable contributions to Twitter, but this action is unfortunately necessary to ensure the company's success moving forward. Given the nature of the distributed workforce and our desire to inform impacted individuals as quickly as possible, communications for this process will take place via an email. To help ensure the safety of each employee, as well as the Twitter systems and the customer data, our offices will be temporary, temporarily closed and all badge access will be suspended. If you are in an office or on your way to an office, please return home. We acknowledge this is an incredibly challenging experience to go through, whether or not you are impacted. Thank you for continuing to adhere to Twitter policies. That prohibit you from discussing confidential company information on social media, with the press or elsewhere. We are grateful for your contributions to Twitter and for your patience as we move through this process. Now, what they have done is uh, they have they started this process at nine o'clock, and then uh, Elon Musk basically sent. Uh, uh, an email to the fired employees. It stated this. As shared earlier today, Twitter is conducting a workforce reduction to help improve the health of the company. These decisions are never easy and it is with regret that we write to inform you that your role at Twitter has been impacted. Today is your last day working all day, working day at the company. However, you will remain employed by Twitter and will receive compensation and benefits through your separation date of February 2, 2023. That's kind of important. And I'll, you'll know why in a few minutes. During this time, you will be on a non working notice period and your access to Twitter systems will be deactivated. You are not expected to work during the non working notice period. You are still required to comply to all company policies, including the employee playbook and code of conduct. Within a week, you will receive details of your severance offer, financial resources extending beyond your non-working period. At this time, you will receive, also receive a separation agreement and release claims and other offboarding. And then he did send, send uh, an email to the people who are staying on, basically saying, you're staying on. We're glad to keep you and hope everything can work out. Now, people might say this is kind of cold, but I kind of understand why companies do this. It's for, for safety. Now, there are a bunch of problems Twitter has to deal with. For example, they do have to deal with their information, access to their information, corruption of their information. They do have to deal with workplace violence. One of the reasons companies like this do, do always do this on a Friday, at the end of the week, at the end of the uh, week is because they want to give people a cooling down period. And usually it's over the weekend. And that's what they're doing right now. So it may seem unfair. It may seem mean. But seeing how some of these people have been behaving, um, it's really hard to sit back and and say, oh, no, we should just got them in a room and fired them all at once. It's not really a thing you do. And by the way, the other important thing, this wasn't a layoff. This wasn't a firing. It was a layoff. I know all over... I, a lot of people say, well, there's a big difference between a firing and a layoff. No, no difference between a firing and a layoff. Yes, there's a huge difference between them. None of these people were fired for cause. They're just being laid off. So, but that's not all that happened Yes, uh, yesterday. The worker adjusts... Um, a class action lawsuit has been filed on behalf of the employees... They say that under federal law, the employees need to get at least 60 days of notice before being terminated. This is based on something called the Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act, or the WARN Act, which requires large companies to notify workers two months in advance of job cuts. So, according to which I got some problems with that, especially in California, California is an at-will state, so a lot of companies typically lay people off when they have to, and they really don't need an excuse. They don't need to give them any warning. They can just do it. So anyway, uh, this gal, Shannon Liss Reardon, who's the attorney that filed the lawsuits... She said, quote, we filed this lawsuit tonight in an attempt to make sure that employees are aware that they should not sign away their rights and that they have an avenue for pursuing rights. We will now see if he is going to continue to thumb his nose, he being Elon Musk, at the laws of the country that protect employees. It appears that he's repeating the same playbook that he did at Tesla. Okay. By the way. He did get sued under this exact same act at Tesla. I decided to read the act. And this is a thing that a lot of people don't do. They don't read this stuff. I, if you go to my website, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, I I actually have the, the employer's handbook for Warn. So you can read it if you want. It's not very long. It's only about 30 pages. But one of the things it says is that it has to be like a to warrant to actually... Cut into effect has to be about 33% of the workforce has to be laid off. In M- M- Musk, won the lawsuit in Tesla because they only laid off 10% of his workforce. And so he didn't have to give that kind of warning. So that's probably why he won. Now, the reality is he's probably going to win this one too. According to Warren's employer guide, this is what it says Faltering company. When, before a plant closing, a company is actively seeking capital or business and reasonably in good faith believes that the advance notice would preclude its ability to obtain such capital or business, and this new capital or business would allow the employer to avoid or postpone shutdown for a reasonable period of time. Faltering company. Uh, apparently, I, I, I just there are two things I found out today. And I can't remember exactly where I found it out. I'll have to look it up later and, and, and actually post a link. But it appears that Twitter is like $74 million on over budget. And that the average employee salary is $143,000 a year. Now, if you're $74 million over budget or in the whole, one of the two, I can't remember which... That pretty much sounds like a faltering company. And if that's the case, Musk does not need to give six months notice. But likewise, what he's doing is, he, he, but there are a couple other things that could go wrong with this whole deal. First off, this is, this, from what I'm understanding, is talking about someone, a business that's currently owned, not one that's acquired. Okay? Musk did not own, uh, Twitter six months ago. He does now. Does, are they actually saying they have to keep him in line for six months before he can start fixing the company? Yeah, I don't think it works that way. I don't think Warren, even though it's not mentioned in the Warren document, I'm pretty sure a judge would sit there and say, no, he's the new owner. As a matter of fact, if, 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 um, if, uh, Musk wanted to, he could have, should have been able to can everybody, the entire company with no notice. But he's also giving them three months of severance. So he is giving them notice. He's giving them good notice. According to Warren, he could just can them and, okay, you're done at the end of the month. Bye. So, yeah, I don't think this is going anywhere. What, What this really looks like to me is that there is a lawyer out there who's trying to get a settlement and make some money that's all, that's all it looks like. okay so that that drama is going to continue and I, I keep cruising on Twitter right now just to be able to uh, just to be able to see any changes of course they're gonna be no changes today or this weekend because they just canned everybody but uh, they've already made some changes uh, Elon Musk did comment today. That there were a lot of, of uh, left wing activists in their employer in their employ, and there was a lot of conservative uh, censorship, he said. And he, I guess, they were looking at some of the algorithms. Uh, and actually, it's not hard to see that. I mean, I am conservative. I've been nailed on Twitter at least twice. I think three times, uh, and I am not even that big a deal on Twitter, but it it is happening. Um, so we're going we're gonna to see what's going to happen with Twitter. Now, here's something really disgusting. Uh, the National Public Radio, NPR, released an absolutely disgusting audio recording of a woman getting an abortion. Now, the, the, real, video, the real audio is actually 11 minutes long. I, I didn't see the need for it. This is the audio that was on Twitter. I figured the two minute is long enough. Uh, and it's pretty It's pretty brutal. Uh, you hear the woman being prepared. You hear a woman who works for the staff sitting there talking her through the abortion. And then you hear the uh, vacuum go through. And then at the end, when the baby is sucked through dead and splattered inside of a little bowl, then you can hear them all laughing about it. Uh, I do have to uh, uh, warn you, this is rather graphic, but I really do want to play it because it is, I've got some points I'll talk about after. So if you don't want to listen, it's two minutes long, just go two minutes ahead and and don't listen. We'll talk about it later patient is not one of the patients you heard before
1: she's asked that we not use her name she's from michigan she already has one kid she's having her abortion at about 11 weeks nearly all abortions in michigan are before 13 weeks and like many patients at northland she said i could record her procedure we're gonna hear some of that now so i am just gonna get you set up on the table and we're gonna do that medicine okay i'm gonna pull this out under your legs most patients are partially awake during the procedures. They get IV medication for pain and anxiety. The lights are dimmed. There's soothing music. It actually feels a lot like a childbirth, the medical gown, your bare legs and stirrups, and a person next to you saying, you can do this. Please, my hand. just keep breathing. That's Brandy. She's one of the staffers. Her job is to monitor vital signs, but it is also to hold the patient's hand and talk her through this whether it's a birth or an abortion, it is often women guiding other women. You're gonna hear this machine turn on now, okay? It makes a loud noise. Okay. Blow it out, blow it out, breathe through, breathe through. Blow it out, listen to me, blow it out. If you hold your breath, it just makes it harder for you. Keep breathing, keep breathing. Just keep breathing, Brandy tells her over and over. I can't, the patient says at one point, when the cramps get painful. Yes, you can, Brandy tells her. You're doing it. And then within just a couple of minutes, it's over. All right. mm-hmm. uh, take some deep breaths for me. Catch mm-hmm. your breath. You did it. <sighs> Thank you
0: guys so much. You did it. You are welcome. <laughs>
1: Oh my name is, I didn't look too bad. You did just oh, did <laughs> did fine yeah. You're okay. you.
0: <laughs> Now believe it or not, this is supposed to be a celebration of abortion. That's what NPR is it's a left wing it's a left wing news site. And by the way, NPR paid for by tax dollars it's a, tax dollars it's it's a non nonprofit supported by government funds. They really shouldn't have a say at all about abortion. Okay. But there are some things here. One, this is happening to a baby at 11 weeks. At 11 weeks, you can tell what the sex is. The baby's already got fingers. Baby's already got a head. The baby's got appendages. Got arms. Got legs. So, they're basically killing a baby. Uh and the contrast NPR uses more than once in that in that audio recording is that a lot of this is just like birth. Yeah, uh huh. It's a lot. It's a lot like birth, except in this case, a woman is getting a hose stuck in her woo ha, and her baby is being sucked through a tube, ripped apart by the vacuum, and then just sent completely into a uh, into a little bucket. So no, I wouldn't consider that exactly the same thing. I, I would like for them to actually explain what the aspiration method is with abortion because if you've seen it, if you have if you have been told the procedure, it's absolutely brutal and it's not a simple easy, non-painful procedure. It is a brutal procedure and it's brutal for the mother too. And how twisted is it that these people are actually clapping and celebrating and laughing at the end of this? You just killed a child. And this woman has a child. This is supposed to be in support of abortion. But I think it actually held the opposite effect. I think it brings up how evil this whole thing is. It's like an evil ritual that is the opposite and even mocks childbirth. I bet uh, that NPR may have figured out that this was not especially helpful for their cause because it went vir- viral and it went viral for the wrong reason. The wrong people are actually looking this and they're pointing out and saying, see, this isn't right. It actually shows the terrible process that is abortion. And one last story here, speaking of sick and mocking childbirth, listen to this. I, this is so amazing that if they didn't have pictures, I wouldn't have even believed it. Okay, according to the New York Post, a 22-year-old woman has opted to get her fallopian tubes extracted from her body, 22 years old, and she turned them into pieces of jewelry to tether around her neck. Savannah, Savannah Blue D, is adamant that on uh, not wanting kids, and she's and so she underwent the I'm not going to pronounce that self, uh, salpingectomy, I guess, this past July in a surgical in surg, to surgically remove her tubes. Bluein created a necklace out of the tubes, saying the creation makes her feel empowered. Uh, quote, I had my fallopian tubes removed because I've always known that I never want to have children, end quote, she told Need to Know Online recently. The vegan restaurant waitress felt inspired to make a necklace following the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, the legal matter that protected women's rights uh, to have an abortion. The Connecticut native, which by the way, Connecticut's not getting rid of an abortion, she could have kept her fallopian tubes. But maybe it's a better thing. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. The Connecticut native posted a video of her on, uh, on her on TikTok that has vir that has since gone viral where she showed how she preserved the organic matter in resin to create her neck piece. Okay. So of course she's against. Abor- of course she's for abortion. Of course she posted this on TikTok. Of course, her hair is blue. Of course, she's a vegan. Of course, she's got nose rings and other weird face piercings everywhere on her face. Of course, she's got her tattoos. Of course, she still wears a surgical mask because she's afraid of COVID. You know where something liberals don't seem to understand when they push the end of childbirth? I mean, this woman was celebrated on TikTok, I'm sure. She can't have children. Yay! Now she can be a slut all she wants. And not have to worry about getting pregnant. I mean, the good news is, she would have had an abortion anyway, so maybe it's better she do, she does that. But at 22 years old, you think that's a great idea? Actually giving yourself no options in the future? Well, screw her. But one of the things that gets me, they're for abortion. They're for ending the nuclear family. They're for... All these, th- for transing out the kids. All these people. Do you realize that they're making themselves extinct? Which is one of the reasons why they need to get kids and they need to indoctrinate them to believe this crap because they won't always want to keep this going. But conservatives typically teach their kids. I know I did. I know my, my Josie does. I know the rest of my family does. We raise our kids. And we raise them to have, uh, we raise them to have morals, and common sense, and reason, We and we teach them to read, and all that fun stuff, and Josie has three kids, I have four kids, my daughter has three kids, Josie's daughter has two kids, all are being raised pretty conservative, and meanwhile, you got everybody else who's just getting abortions. <laughs> I mean, the left, I always said the left eats its own. It really does, but they are literally killing their own ideology. Okay, I hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, Election time coming up, and it could be a lot of fun. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.